Hi, I'm B. Hi, I'm Audrey. This is Triple F Dodcast. The podcast where we vent about those faithful furry fucks we call our own. Okay, we good. Okay. Um, I got your outline. Nice work. I wrote a very you. short outline myself, and um, I think you kind of covered it, but I will, you know, mention something. I had if... a cheat sheet. What did you do? You go, oh, how cute. That's my <laughs> cheat sheet. Yes. <laughs> I was going to ask if you Googled crate training, but no, you're using my, um, my golden exactly. rules. Yes. That's very flattering. Um, before we get started, do is there how are you? What's going on? Oh good. Day two of unemployment. <gasps> oh, that's right. We can actually get to a, a real recording schedule now. Yeah, exactly. I am um, also unemployed right now. It's a bizarre feeling. <laughs> well, yesterday well, so I lose my insurance tomorrow. And since Labor Day is this weekend. All the doctors are closed today. So yesterday, all I did was go to doctor's appointments. Wow. Well, yeah, you got to cash in on that insurance. Yeah. Hell yeah. So I went, I had like all these back-to-back appointments all day long. I was running around all over the city just (laughs) getting shit done. Getting healthy. I mean, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. But everyone is like, are you okay? Like you should go to the doctor. You should really go see someone. And then I even had customers like from the store and I said, yeah, I'm going to go to the doctor's appointments. And they're like, you should go get your ovaries checked out and make sure you're all good. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm like, what is they, they're looking at you and being like, that one looks sickly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I think I'm okay guys. Interesting. Like, don't put that, don't put your fears onto me like that. Right. Yeah, I got to go see a dermatologist. they have issues with infertility, so I'm like, oh, God, don't put your, don't project your issues on me. Are you going to, are you planning on having kids right now? Uh, No. (laughs) They were like, they were like, well, just in case, because, you know, you may not want them now, but, you know, maybe in a couple years, you just want to make sure all your eggs are okay. And I'm like... I think this is too much. My eggs are fine. Thank you very much. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I am dog sitting for my dad, as you can tell by the scenery behind us. Yes. Yes. Um, Sitting in my high school bedroom. Uh, So yeah, I'm dog sitting. My dad's in um, Europe. And so we're here with the five dogs. We're here until the 11th. Uh, Oh, fun. Yeah. We have uh, Freya and Spooky. And then we have Lilu, who's uh, my dog, but has been living with my dad for like a year now. Uh, and George and Pearl, who were my mom's dogs, little tiny uh, rat dogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that's why this morning, um, Audrey and I were going to, had picked a time to record and then I was half an hour late just because you underestimate how hard it is to take care of five dogs in the morning. Yeah, that's a lot. They all have specific diets, too. Like, um, some of them are on raw. Some of them are on a blended raw. The little dogs are on um, kibble. It's just, like, I have a lot to do in the morning. Um, And then a lot of dogs sleeping in my bed at night. So it's an an adventure right now. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, remind me 
um, before we end today that I have a question to ask you. Um, it's about Lilu, so we will, at the end of our episode, try to remember to ask me the question about Lilu because I really want to talk about this. Oh, man. Okay. I know that's vague. Um, I know that was so vague, and I'm so curious now. We but I also quickly would like to mention that someone – we talked about dog parks last week. And someone wrote to us on Instagram with their dog park horror story, and I think it takes the fucking cake. Okay, read it. Okay, wait, I wasn't ready. Oh, well, don't bring it up if you're gonna. Well, I was just gonna, like, paraphrase, but. Oh, you can paraphrase if you want to. So, essentially, a dog ran into the dog park with its owners and he was wearing a prong collar. Shit. And the prong collar flipped inside out so that the spikes were facing out. the outside. And he came charging in at this guy's dog and it tore into the other dog's Oh my god. Um, shoulder and they had to get stitches from the prong collar. Yes. That just goes to show you that if the prong collar could injure another dog, what is it doing to your dog's neck? Yeah. And also, of course, I was talking, I was asking questions and I was like, well, I hope this, the person paid. In the back of my head, I knew these owners didn't pay for hurting the other dog. Of course they didn't. How is it always that these jerks who do this cannot take responsibility for their dogs. Well, because they're not taking responsibility for their dogs in the first place. Um, first of all, a prong collar should be an absolute last resort training aid. Um, and so when you see people, like, if their dog's in a prong collar, um, maybe they are working with a trainer and maybe this has been a decision they've come to in, like, a slow and careful way. But uh, probably that was the first thing that guy put on that dog was just a prong collar. People but also... Why aren't you taking that off to go into a fucking dog park? Right. And that's the thing is um, people used to come into the dog park with like uh, spike collars on their dogs. Yeah. You know, and like I would tell people, you got to take that off. You're going to put another dog's eye out. You know, this is a fashion collar for your case. Um, those big spiked collars were originally invented by um, sheep herders. And they'd put them on their German Shepherds and stuff like that so that wolves couldn't attack the dog by biting their mm -hmm. neck. And so you're thinking of a spike collar is protection against wolves. Why are you putting a spike collar on your little baby bulldog like you live in an apartment? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? And I, I get that they look cool to a certain extent. Um, I can't be on at the dog park. No. Lilu has a spiked collar because I used to take her... Um, out trail riding with the horses and there was coyotes mm -hmm. out there and she's about the size of a coyote and so I gave her the spike collar so that if a coyote comes at she's her okay. yeah, yeah she's safe uh, but she only wears that when we go out uh, to ride so you know she's I'm not sending her around the dog park with a bunch of weapons around her necks no <laughs> that's literally what it was that sounds like a horrible story do you know the name of the person who sent that in Yes. I know the Instagram handle. Team Foxtrot. Well, thanks, teams, Team Foxtrot. We appreciate um, you sending in your story. It's also nice to and know that there's people that out person. there. Fuck that person. Fuck those dog owners, man. <laughs> yeah, fuck oh, them. my God. Uh, it's nice to know there's people out there listening to us. 
(laughs) (laughs) So today we're going to talk about uh, crate training. Yeah, I think crate training is super relevant, especially because we both live in cities. Yeah. I think crate training is something that's used by a lot of people. I'm looking at the uh, outline you wrote, and the first thing at the top of it you mentioned was um, common misconceptions about crate training, and uh, you said that crate training is cruel. I just wanted to jump on that one because that's how my dad feels, and, you know, my dad knows I'm an animal behaviorist, and he knows uh, that I've trained hundreds and hundreds of dogs um, successfully, and he just still, like, we've had conversations about it. Uh, explaining what the crate does and how to use the crate and he still cannot wrap his head around it he, you know he calls it a cage and that's always the, yes. the vocabulary from people who don't like crate training as they call it a cage which is good because i call it a box and i think that's worse put, put, <laughs> put spooky in our box put them in the box <laughs> it's true well because they look like little prisons yeah they do look like little prisons associate that with with you know cruelty like they're being put away in a dungeon do you still have a crate for sherlock i do it's under my bed i use it when i need to so same with me um freya doesn't really get crated anymore doesn't need to be um and also her health issues would make that a little complicated but spooky gets crated if i'm going to be gone um for a while and I wasn't able to get her adequately exercised first, I'll crate her. If there's anything out around the house that I know for sure she'll get into and I haven't had a chance to clean it up, she'll get crated. Uh, But I leave it flat and it's just behind the bedroom door and then I pull it out when I need it like you do. Um, Spooky starts, like when I pull her crate out, she starts jumping up and down and running circles around me and she's like, open it, open it, open it, open it, open it. And then I open the crate and she jumps inside and she's so thrilled. She loves when I pull it out, but um, I don't leave it open all the time because it takes up space. Yeah. So that's, I think, is there, are there really any other misconceptions? I'm pretty sure like that's the biggest one. I have one because this is a huge issue, um, a huge, huge issue. Uh, that's that's caused by uh, under education about potty training, but I would have people all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. I know where you're going with this. I had people all the time put potty pads inside of the crate, and they thought that the, no. they were building like a bathroom in the house for their dog, or they would crate their dog and they'd put potty pads on the bottom of it. But it's so counterproductive uh, if you're trying to utilize the crate to potty train. To put the potty pads in the crate just teaches your dog to pee where they sleep. And as soon as you teach your dog to pee where they sleep, you're going to have lifelong issues potty training that dog. I've worked with dogs that um, pee in their owner's beds. I've worked with dogs that pee in their own beds and then sleep on top of it. Um, I've worked with dogs that pee the second they get inside of their crate. It's just, You can really fuck a dog up by putting potty pads yeah, inside of the crate. That sounds pretty fucked up, yeah. I don't know. Did you? Did you oh, you did, you did some do's and don'ts on here, so I can save um, the rest of mine. Do you want to talk about some of the benefits? Totally. So, obviously, it's number one benefit, I think, is potty training. Uh, when you are welcoming a new puppy into your home, you're not going to give your dog your puppy free range of your entire house. And the thought of leaving a puppy alone in an entire house just seems absolutely bonkers to me people do Um, it it's crazy it's crazy it's so crazy i'm like what is wrong with you um so having 
it makes potty training a lot easier because you can create, I think, a schedule. Yeah. And, you know, they when you teach crate training properly, they associate the crate with comfort and a home for them, and they're yeah. very comfortable there. So they don't, you know, the whole point is that they don't want to pee in there. Right. And that they are willing to hold it so that when you get home and you take them out, they will go outside. Right. Uh, I mean, that's why Spooky gets so excited to see her crate. Spooky knows that her crate is um, often the source of uh, treats. And because I have so many dogs, when we do stuff like uh, bully sticks and stuffed Kongs, they need to be uh, in their own spaces. And so Spooky goes Mm -hmm. in her crate to chew on her bully sticks and she fucking loves it. Um, Mm -hmm. To her, that is entirely a positive space. Yes. And I mean, same, especially for like multi-bet homes, I think crates are a great thing because mandatory dogs, (laughs) (laughs) giving each dog their own space. And also it makes feeding a lot easier. You probably don't have any issues with aggression over resources like that because everyone goes in their crate and they get their meals. And then once everyone is done, they can leave. Yeah. It, it creates a, the crate offers a lot of structure in a way that makes sense to your dog. Where like, if you just come home and you have your beautiful little German shepherd puppy and you just like drop her on the floor in your big old house and you say, good luck. Like to, to a puppy, everything is a toy and everything is chewable and everything is an adequate place to go potty. Dogs have no idea the difference between indoors and outdoors until you teach it to them. Uh, and so the crate gives you a really easy, structured way to do that. Also, like what you said, letting a puppy just roam the house. At least I know when Freya was a puppy. Or, God, Lilu. Lilu was the worst one as a puppy. Um, <laughs> it, it, she was so fucking smart. She was so smart. <laughs> one day I came home and, like, I hadn't been, I wasn't crating her when I would leave for, like, a long time. Um and I used to, I used to work like 10 hour days when I first got Lilu. And I came home one day and she had on 15 separate trips, gone upstairs, gone in my closet, grabbed one of my shoes and brought it back downstairs. When I got home in her, she was in her bed with like, she's like 10, 15 pairs of my shoes. And she'd eaten like three of them. You know, she destroyed, she destroyed them. It was my own fucking fault. It didn't close the um, closet door. I thought she was ready to be left out of the crate and she told me she wasn't. Uh, so she started getting crated again until we could have more conversations about what was on and off limits in the home. So the crate gives you that structure that I think otherwise you're you're severely lacking if you don't have. It's not the, a lot of times people use the outdoors instead. If you're lucky enough to have a backyard, great. But like just throwing your dog outside and shutting the door on them is not the same thing as offering your dog like a home like you do with a crate. And also, I think you kind of touched on this. It gives, you know peace of mind for owners with destructive dogs like spooky where she will get into something if you leave her out and so (laughs) the anxiety you don't have to deal with yes by putting her in a crate when you leave to go out to dinner or something is worth it spooky will get on top of the kitchen table she will get on top of the kitchen counters (laughs) <laughs> I remember when worst. she ate that pack of gum, she like went through, she like got into a closet, found a suitcase and the suitcase had gum in one of the pockets and she got into the pocket and ate a whole thing of gum. So yeah. And actually that's a great story to, to mention because we'd, we'd had spooky for about two months. We'd fostered her, um, for about a month before we decided that we were going to keep her. We had her for about two months and she'd been sleeping in the crate 
But the longer we had her, she started to get very snuggly and, and um, affectionate with us. And so we decided to try to let her sleep in the bed with us one night. And we had like a rotating schedule. Um, some dogs would sleep in the crate. Some dogs could sleep in the bed. And then we would change it up. Um, this was the first night we decided to let Spooky sleep in the bed. And I woke up in the morning. And I sat up and I looked at her. And I could tell there was something weird about her. Um... And then, so I touched her and um, she was kind of like ticking her head side to side and I picked her up and her whole body was, was rigid. Um, and then she was, she was paralyzed. She was, she was so, so sick. And um, on the bed, there was all these like remnants of the, of the stuff that she got into and she ate in the middle of the night. It's even worse than that. She went into a suit, she went into the closet, into the suitcase. Uh, and inside that suitcase is where we stored all of our extra like purses and backpacks. And then she went into a purse inside the purse found oh my god <laughs> she found a pack of gum um and all i just will mention it all sugar-free gum has something called xylitol in it which is uh, it's severely toxic to dogs and that's why spooky was having um uh paralysis and seizures and stuff like that was because she ate the gum she also ate a granola bar and had like chocolate chips and then she ate an entire <laughs> um uh marijuana chocolate bar Oh my so she, god! She had like a ple a plethora of um, toxins inside of her, and um, you know, it just I could have I didn't even know that stuff was in that purse anymore. It was so far in the closet, out of sight, out of mind. But her little nose, she just woke up in the middle of the night and went to go find something to do. And that's another thing I'll I'll say real quick is that dogs don't sleep through the night. They sleep in like two hour bursts. And so if you don't crate your puppy at night, your puppy will get up and find something to do. And Spooky was not a puppy. Yeah. Spooky was a year and a half old. Um, and we had to race her to the vet. She got her blood, her stomach pumped. And, and um, she was at the vet for like a day and a half and cost me $900. It was my mistake. It was my mistake. I didn't even know it was there. And it was, it was my mistake. And it was because it was the first night I decided to let her sleep outside of the crate. And, uh, that was eight hours, essentially that my dog was unattended in my house, not in a crate because I was asleep. I was not conscious, you know, so, and that we got into trouble for it, but you learn, you learn with every, every crisis. Damn spooky. Damn it. Um, you mentioned on here and I, I think we kind of touched on it, but, um, crates, um, offer your dog a safe spot. Mm -hmm. And like in spooky's case, you know, she's. 20 pounds and Freya is 70 pounds, uh, sometimes Spooky feels threatened by the size difference um, or she'll be like a little nervous. And I think Spooky really likes knowing that Freya can't fit inside of her crate. You know, like yeah. we, we pass toys out or we pass yeah. treats out and Spooky bolts to her crate to eat it because she knows Freya can't follow her there. Uh, and sometimes she'll just go take a nap in her crate if it's open because to her, it's a very safe spot. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, same with Sherlock. I don't use it um, on a daily basis anymore, but when it's out, he goes in there because when he was a puppy, that's what I did. He used, he was, I mean, he lived in his little crate for, I think, up until he was two years old. Yeah. And when you used to come to work. Oh, yeah. And then I would bring a crate to work and he would be in the crate while I taught classes. Mm hmm. And, I, and it usually worked out really well. I mean, dogs are natural um, burrowers and diggers, and they like to be kind of like wedged into small places, which is why a lot of dogs sleep under the coffee table or um, like to lay under your feet when you're at your desk. And so if you do it the right way, uh, a dog just sees a crate as their den, and they actually become really emotionally attached to it. 
uh, you can do it the wrong way though. <laughs> and yeah. I've, I've worked with dogs that had been done the wrong way. It's tough with crate training because it's easy to do it the wrong way. And it's really easy for it to snowball out of control. If your dog starts to show signs of anxiety or claustrophobia in the crate, especially if you purchased the crate because the crate is how you're supposed to be able to go to work and, you know, also have this puppy. And if your puppy is, um, has a panic attack inside of the crate that can be really hard for people. I think the crate is great for while you're at work all day. I also think it's a good idea that if that's what you're doing, you should really have a dog walker or someone come in the middle of the day, take them out, take them, stretch their legs a little. That's a good um, thing to mention is how many hours can you leave a dog in a crate for? Do you have a personal opinion? I mean, he would, Sherlock would be in his crate for a whole night, you know, eight mm -hmm. hours at least. Mm -hmm. So... I think anything more than eight hours, I, I don't think that's a good idea. So generally we use eight hours as the rule of thumb because that's the length of time that most dogs can hold it comfortably. Um, there is a, I guess like eventually we'll do a potty training episode because there is a, a chart of how old your puppy is and how long they can hold it. It's generally um, as many hours as your dog is months old. Yes. So six months, six hours. Right. And I've heard that it's actually plus one, six months, seven hours. But why would oh. you risk it? Like, why not just I know, the right? shorter like, one? Just take them out. And yeah. <laughs> um, so eight hours, that, that's I would do in a rare occasion. Um, I would try not to have your dog crated for eight hours a day, every single day, because your dog will go crazy. And I've worked with dogs that, that do go crazy. Um, but two four-hour sections with an hour walk in the middle is fantastic. That is totally fine. You walk your dog before you leave for work. You give them something to chew on in their crate. They're going to be sleepy and satisfied for four hours. Your dog walker gets there. They have all this energy. They go on a big, long walk. And then you put them back in their crate, and they're going to sleep another four hours. So I have absolutely no issue with... Um, eight, nine, maybe even 10 hours of crating if there's a significant exercise break in the middle. And I mean an exercise break. I don't mean uh, 15 minutes in the backyard. I mean an hour walk yeah. or a trip to the dog exactly. park or something to really drain that energy before you put that dog back in the box. Crate. Back in the box. <laughs> back in the box. Um, yeah, dog walkers are really helpful in that regard. Uh, I try not to leave my dogs in crates very often, but it's tricky because also um, I, I usually need the crate if I'm gone for more hours. Like if I'm gone for two or three hours, I'm not all that worried about spooky because I always walk my dogs before I leave and she's probably going to sleep for two or three hours. But if I'm leaving for six hours, uh, I'm more worried that she'll sleep the first three and then she'll wake up and get into shit for the second three hours. And yep. so I do have to crate her, but I know if I'm going to crate my dogs for an extended period of time that I owe them real exercise. Mm -hmm. I mean, real walks before and after crating. Um, I know a lot of dogs are really good at getting out of crates. <sighs> do you think that stems from like just being antsy and wanting to get out or like claustrophobia or a combination? No, you know, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and venture to say that an anxious um, or panicked dog is probably not going to have the patience to figure out how to open a crate um, unless it was accidental. I mean, a lot of dogs will just like frantically dig at the door of the crate and I could see why maybe that would swing the, the latch and maybe they could like bust out of the crate. 
Um, but a lot of the dogs I know that have learned how to get out of crates have done it through like careful and slow experimentation. Um, you know, like they stick their little paw out and they like touch the, the, the lock or they lick it or like whatever it is they're experimenting and they eventually figure out how to do it. So I don't know if I would say that all crate escape is from, um, full blown anxiety attacks. I would say a lot of times it's probably from understimulation. Your dog doesn't have enough toys and they didn't get enough exercise. And so they're finding whatever they can fucking play with, which probably is just the latch. Yeah. Um, I think it's hard for a dog to actually thrash their way out of a crate. Um, although I have seen crates come, come through, um, the stores I've worked at that have like damage to the doors from dogs digging or, or chewing. So that's an yeah, interesting question. Some dogs will like, some dogs will really hurt themselves trying to get out. Broken toenails, broken teeth. Yeah. So that being said, like, wh what do you do with a dog that panics in a crate? Can you use a crate with that dog? Well, so funny enough, I had a customer come into the store and she said um, her dog had major anxiety. And actually, she bought this crate where, like, you think the standard crates look like a little jail cell. This looks like a fucking isolation room. Oh, no. And she said her dog loves it. Okay. Well, I guess he likes she said the comfort. It, it, like, made the dog feel secure. It works. I mean, and actually that's an interesting, I kind of like that because, um, I, I have a wire crate because they fold flat. Um, but the wire crate is still kind of exposing to your dog. It doesn't yeah. so much feel like your dog is in like a safe, cozy den. Let me send you the link to this thing. Hell it's yeah. It's kind of funny. Um, but you know, they, they say on their website too, like dogs with high anxiety, prefer this that's interesting it's in, impact dog crates it's kind of like the um, um the thunder vest like yes. the thunder vest works by that like squeeze um that maybe this is a similar sensation mm -hmm. i'm gonna look at the website and it is like it's impossible for the dog to get out of this oh my god it's like hannibal lecter and they're fucking expensive six hundred and ten dollars oh eighteen hundred dollars it's called the colossal uh couldn't they have yeah. painted these a color that wasn't like brushed steel oh you can't pick they colors. come in cute colors they come in cute colors okay good i like this lime green one. Ah, oh, so good i know right okay isn't that cool that is so cool thank you for bringing that to my attention the, yeah the girl who i spoke to she said it was worth every penny impactcrates.com you think they'll um Listen to our show. Uh, Probably okay. not. So let's just keep scrolling through our do's and don'ts list here because we're touching on some good stuff. Um, oh, this one's relevant. Uh, don't use your crate as a timeout zone. This is a, is a um, one, a dog can develop anxiety from being thrown in their crate when you're um, upset with them. Uh, but more importantly, the crate is supposed to be a ha happy and safe spot. And if you do that correctly, like you give treats and toys in there and you, you um, take your time crate training in the beginning, uh, if your dog loves their crate, you're not punishing them when you put them in it. So exactly. it's not an effective timeout. Either you're going to destroy the use of your crate or you're going to actually be rewarding your dog for doing the wrong thing. So, Yeah, because even I feel like putting them outside is still somehow a reward because they just find something to do. 
They're like, okay, great, I'm outside now. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, bye. You grab your dog and you walk all the way to the backyard. If it takes you longer than three seconds to get there, the dog's just like wagging his tail and licking your face. Like, it's over, you missed the, like, the timeout. Oh, yeah, you picked me up. I'm getting all this attention now. <laughs> um, speaking of accidentally rewarding bad behavior, do you want to talk about another don't? Oh, yes. Um, don't. <laughs> Good start. <laughs> Good. I'm, I'm making my way there. Okay. Uh, don't open the crate door if your dog is barking or trying to get out because that's just going to teach them that when they bark and paw at the door, the crate door opens. So they're just going to keep doing that. Yeah. What else? So there's a do. Well, it's a do and a don't in one. So you want to make sure you reward your dog for being inside the crate. And you don't want to reward them for leaving the crate. Right. Right. I think that's something that's tricky is like you get home and you open the crate and you're like, oh, good boy. Good job. And you give them a treat. So it's like you're rewarding them for leaving the crate, which (laughs) is confusing to them when you really should be when they get in their crate in the morning, you should leave them with a stuffed Kong. Yes. reward them from being inside their crate. Getting out of the crate is a reward in itself because your dog is gaining land, gaining gaining the resource of freedom. Yeah, and funny, I just want to mention, uh, going back to like waiting like a couple seconds when you walk in from the outside world to like greet your dog. Whenever I come home, Sherlock is most of the time laying down on his bed or carpet and he does, he waits, he just lays there and he just stares at me. For like 10 seconds and then he comes over and runs over to me and says hi and he's like he can do whatever he wants but he just sits there and he looks at me and then I say hi and then he runs over <laughs> to me <laughs> when I get home from work I can usually hear spooky yelling and but sometimes Freya won't get up to greet me because she's so comfy where she is and she knows that I will go to her yeah. and I'll be home for like 20, 30, 40 seconds. And then there's this moment where I'm like, I bet Freya's dead somewhere because like she didn't oh my come, God. can't come to greet me. And um, then I'll like go back into the bedroom or something and she's like in the bed and she's all sleepy and like she rolls over and shows her tummy and like she's all warm oh and the bed's God. all warm. You know, she's been asleep oh, there for like five mm-hmm. hours. Another don't. Don't buy a crate that's too big for your dog. Uh, For crates, they should be able to stand up, turn around in a circle, and stretch. But you don't want anything too big. When you have a puppy, obviously, you want to get a crate that they can grow into. But they do sell the dividers or come with the dividers so you can section off the space. You've got it. Um, They're not going to learn the potty training unless the crate is the right size. Yeah, because they're just going to pee in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. I have a question for you. Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, do you think crate training is for everybody? I kind of do. <laughs> yeah, I think it's um, a tool everybody should have in their back pocket. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the earlier you start, the better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and like you mentioned it on here. We didn't we haven't mentioned it yet, but... Uh, if you can, if you crate train your dog, you can travel, you can go to hotels, you can fly on planes. If your dog is small enough, uh, you can't, well, I guess if you want to put them in cargo, which I would never ever do in my entire fucking life. Um, if you, if you can crate your dog at home, your dog is going to have a better time. If they ever have to stay at the vet, have to stay at a boarding, um, 
facility, if they have to go uh, hang out with a dog sitter, we use crates. You bet your ass we use crates because it's the only way to keep dogs safe in large pack environments. Can you stop using a crate? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, Lilu hasn't been crated in years. I'm sure she would be fine if I put her in one. Yeah, like I mentioned, Sherlock isn't crated. But it's funny, it's funny because I do notice that whenever I do bring the crate out, he goes right into it. My dogs like their crates. Yeah, they do. They really do. It's their little home. A lot of people, when we, when we first suggest crate training, they have a puppy or a new rescue, um, the goal is always, okay, well, this is temporary. I don't want to use it after six months. I don't want to use it after 10 months, whatever it is. And I always say, okay, um, because it's totally doable to slowly transition your dog from being crated when you're away to having roam of a room or the house or a yard or whatever it is. Um, but most people who come to us with that, I want to use this as a tool and then get rid of it, end up keeping the crate because they find that their dogs like it. And so then the dog is three, four, five years old and they still have the crate set up uh, because the dog prefers it. Your dog, you may find that your dog loves the crate and misses it when it's, when it's not there. Yeah. So let us know if you guys use crates, if you had a positive or negative experience, we'd love to hear. Do you, I'm going to ask you that question about Lilu now. <gasps> ask me that question about Lilu. Okay. Um, it's kind of embarrassing, so that's why I wanted to save it to the end of the episode. Um, I guess I'll start out with the question. <laughs> uh, what does Sherlock do when you and Chris are intimate with each other? Oh, my God. So that was this morning, and he just stared at us from the floor. Is that typically what he does? He just, like, watches? Yeah, he's just like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> like, I want to join. <laughs> Lee, uh, uh, Spooky and Freya, like, they don't, they don't care. They like know they're used to it. I guess they know what we're up to. Uh, they usually leave the room. They're used to it. Um, they usually leave the room, <laughs> but they come back when we're done. Lilu, and I, for, I kind of forgot about this until we got to my dad's house and we're dog sitting this week. That Lilu, you're laughing because I think you remember. Lilu's a fucking pervert. Like she, <laughs> she is adamant about being involved. And um, as soon as she like, oh my god! <laughs> I swear to God, as soon as there's like a suggestive like hand on the thigh, like we're like watching a movie, like we're not even anywhere yet, and it's just like a touch. Lilu immediately shows up with these like big eyes and her ears like all the way back and her tail just like wagging and she just stares at us and then if we kiss each other she comes and she puts her mouth up against our mouths and like licks our mouths while we're kissing I swear to god Audrey I'm not making this shit up and then like you know it gets it gets further along the process we're in bed and we're laying with each other and she will like slither up between our bodies. She's not trying to get oh us to stop. She wants God. to be between us. Um, she wants to be a part of it. It is the weirdest thing. I, I, I mean, I've heard all sorts of weird things from people about like, my dog does this when we fuck. Like, because they're like, I don't know what to do about it. My dog gets jealous. My dog growls at my boyfriend. My dog cries, whatever it is. But never have I had someone say that their dog wants to participate. My God, what a pervert. I know. Lilu. Like, how, like, what happened I don't there? I I mean, she, she has always been one of those puppies to, like, 
steal bras and like chew the crotch out of underwear. Uh huh. The signs were all there. <laughs> she has like a thing for um, uh, bodily smells, I guess. Um, oh gosh. <laughs> but she, yeah, it's just, it's just the weirdest thing. She's really like trying to participate. And um, she really physically shoves her way in between our bodies um, and, like, Jeez. kisses our mouths and weird stuff like that. We have to just put her out of the room. Oh, my God. I know. Yeah, that's, like, aggressive. It is. Okay. I just wanted to know, like, what Sherlock does because I'm trying to pull out No, there. Sherlock just stares. So I guess another question we can put out to uh, any listeners is, what, are your, what does your dog do and you fuck? Like, what do you put them in what? their crate? Do you... Uh, put them in another room? Do they lay at the foot of your bed? How, like, do they try to participate like my weird pervert dog Lelou <laughs> does? Uh, I'm curious. I, I knew I had to ask you. I forgot about it. And then last night I was reminded. I remembered. <laughs> she just really wanted it. What happened to her? I don't know. I don't know what happened to her. I've had her since she was a puppy, so I sure hope this wasn't, like, some influence of mine upon her. She just really wants to be a part of it. She just gets excited at the, like... FOMO. Slight... Maybe she just has FOMO. <laughs> the slightest sign that she might be missing out. She shows You're up. missing out. She's like, what, what's going on, guys? What are you doing? I want to be involved. You guys good? You feeling randy? What's up? <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was my question about Lilu. I just wanted to ask you. Oh my gosh, that's pretty funny. Um, okay. Good episode. So nice to chat. Um, Lovely to see you in your new frames. Thank you. I feel like I look pretty good. You've never had that shape, have you? No, I've never had round. I've always gone with square. This is so much better on my shape, my yeah. fucking face. Yeah, the round looks great. I know. Who knew? So I don't know. Maybe if our, if any of our listeners have like a preference about what we talk about next, we obviously have a long list of things. We've talked about nutrition. Uh, we want to talk about kids and dogs. Mm-hmm. Separation anxiety is a great one. Uh, fucking barking is a fantastic one. Uh, so I don't know if anyone wants to send in que- training questions, maybe they have that would kind of guide the next episode. Otherwise, Audrey and I will just pick something and, and keep going from there. We're going to try to find a slightly more regular um, recording schedule, but it also kind of depends on how fast I'm able to edit and post things. Um, so we'll try to kind of figure that out, too. But we appreciate uh, we're excited to know that some people are listening. Uh, welcome. And thank you so much. And we look forward to uh, talking to all you guys some more. Oh, you need to plug your new podcast. Oh, um, yeah. My fiancé and I started a podcast. You did? Yeah, it's called Queer Fandom. It's about um, LGBTQ culture within fan spaces, like um, anime fandom or comic book fandom, uh, conventions, cosplay, fan fiction, fan art, all those sorts of things. Um, And we're just talking about the kind of queer representation in those uh, spaces and kind of how it's exploded in recent years. Um, we're interviewing about... isn't there a movement, maybe it's just TV, where it's like, why do they always kill off the lesbian characters? Yeah, it's called bury- burying your gays, um, which is <laughs> like people write gay characters, but they always die. We have uh, all sorts of stuff we can we can talk about. We're interviewing friends and, and colleagues. So it should be uh, pretty cool. It's got almost nothing in common with this show. I cuss just as much if that's why people are here. And talk about sex more than I talk about on this show, so there's also that. Oh my gosh.
Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at triple F Dogcast. You can email us questions at triple F Dogcast at gmail.com. Thank you to our editing assistant, Kaylee, and thank you to bensound.com for our music. Bye. Bye. Beautiful. <laughs> you didn't say we had to say bye. I, you script. know what? It was improv. It wasn't in the script. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>